Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Maura Z, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Friday, October 11th, 2019, and we are reading from the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We are in the chapter, How It Works, and we are on page, <clears throat> excuse me, and we are on page 60. We will be reading the second paragraph, which starts our description of the alcoholic, reading through letter C, which is that God could and would if he were sought. Important numbers. What do we have here? We have reference numbers, 7 a.m. yesterday's share ID, 13,504. That's 13504. Yesterday's 10 a.m. share ID, 13,506, that's 13506. And important people, we have readers today, Tenzin P. on the 12 Steps, Kelly S. on the 12 Traditions, and Janice P. M., Barbara E., and Pam M. are our readers of the text this morning. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. And Tenzin P., would you please read OA's 12 steps for us? With gratitude, I certainly will. Uh, Tenzin P., checking in from New York. And here are the steps we took, which are suggested as a program of recovery. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible 
except when to do so would injure them or others. 10. Continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Thought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you very much. Wishing everyone a blessed day. Thanks so much for your service, Tens and P. And Kelly asks, would you please read OA's 12 Traditions? Kelly Star 1, please. Hi, this is Kelly S. from Georgia, Compulsive Overeater. The 12 Traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants they do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be... I think I just said that. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you. Thanks so very much, Kelly, for your service. So how does our meeting work? Well, our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. So if you have a timer, please use it, but I will also be timing. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. And once you're done sharing, please let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone again. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. 
Today we resume our study of the big book. We are in the chapter How It Works. We are on page 60. And we are reading the second paragraph that begins our description of the alcoholic through letter C that God could and would if he were sought. And uh, excuse me. And Janice P.M., my friend, would you please get us started? I absolutely will. Thank you for your service, Mara. And my name is Janice P.M., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Our description of the alcoholic, the chapter to the agnostic, <clears throat> and our personal adventures before and after make clear three pertinent ideas. A, that we were alcoholic and could not manage our own lives. B, that probably no human power could have relieved our alcoholism. And C, that God could and would if he were sought. You know, I always refer to this. This I better put my timer on, huh, Mara? Okay, Got it. you can help me here. Thank you, because I'm way off. All right. Okay, our description. Um, first of all, these are A, B, C ideas. They're not the steps, not all three steps. I used to think for years when I came in, okay, A is one, two, B is two, and C is three. No, we're still in the agnostic. We're still in step two. So they're preparing us. Now, the ABCs of, of when I taught were very essential. They were very pertinent to learning how to read, how to spell, et cetera, et cetera. So these are essential ideas that will last with us hopefully every day. And what are they saying? The description of the alcoholic, we know that we read approximately four chapters to tell us, to indent in our minds what my problem is. We went through um, uh, these four chapters, uh, doctor's opinion, the foundation, Bill's story to identify in, um, uh, the solution, right? More about alcoholism. We've already done that, That's, which is wonderful because now we know what the problem is. I know what the problem was. Um, you know, it was my craving. It was lack of power. I was powerless. I didn't know that until I read about it. So these ideas that were going to stay with me, they're basic throughout the whole program, that we were alcoholics. See, they've already gone through this. They've recovered. I am still, of course, a compulsive overeater, and I could not manage my own life by me with the food, or with, see, I told you though this way off, um, uh, my own life. And B, okay, so that first A is step one. We know the problem. I finally found out my problem. It wasn't the sponsor. It wasn't the meeting. It wasn't the food plan. It was I had no power to control, fix, um, manage my life. I, or my food, of course. Now, B, A, B, C, B, that probably no human power. Well, I can tell you for certain, there was no human power. 
that could fix me, manage me, or control me um, because I was beyond human aid with my disease of compulsive overeating, whether I was eating or whether I wasn't eating. And that, that's the first part of step two. Okay, this is steps one and steps two. B is the first part of step two, and that God could and would if he were sought. He's going to bring me back to thinking, sane thinking. He's going to restore my thinking. He's going to restore my, my values of my life. Time. So, oh, okay. So I can't solve the problem. I, uh, he can, the power, and um, uh, I'm going to let him, I'm going to be willing to believe. And with that, I'm going to pass. Thanks. Thanks so very much, Janice PM. Okay, so if you've not shared in the last couple of days or so, um, and you'd like to, please give me your first name, the initial of your last name, Say it once, say it clearly, and I will repeat back as soon as I hear it so you don't need to repeat it. Who would care to share? Harlan G. Harlan G. Something C. Cynthia C. Say say it again. Cynthia. 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 Sorry, sweetheart. Cynthia C. Anyone else? Jody E. Jody E. Barbara E. Barbara E. Vasa O. Vasa O. All right, we'll stop there. Harlan G. Cynthia C. Jody E. Barbara E. Vasa O. Harlan, please get us started this morning. Would everyone else please press star one to mute their phone? Thanks, Maura, and thank you for your service, and thanks to Team Friday for making this magnificent meeting possible. I'm Harlan G., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Scottsdale, Arizona. What is one of the most sincere forms of teaching and learning is through repetition, to spiral the information over and over and over again. And the book here is giving us a recap of what we've learned in the first four chapters. Our description of the alcoholic, what does that mean? It means that the alcoholic has a twist of the mind and an allergy of the body. A twist of the mind and an allergy of the body. The chapter to the agnostic, chapter four. But our description of the alcoholic is, <clears throat> excuse me, is the doctor's opinion, Bill's story, there is a solution, and more about alcoholism. So we have four chapters devoted to step one. Chapter to the agnostic, step two. In our personal adventures, here's the influence of William James, the varieties of religious experience, which is why we have the stories in the back of the book, made clear three pertinent ideas. These are vital. That we were alcoholic allergy of the body, twist of the mind, and could not manage our own life. B, that no human power could have relieved our alcoholism. I have to stop looking for earthly explanations as to why I'm a compulsive overeater and stop looking for earthly explanations or earthly solutions to solve the problem. They do not exist. 
There are no earthly solutions to this disease. Our defense must come from a higher power. I take a look around me and I see the people that had everything at their disposal. I mean everything at their disposal and they died of this disease. I have to get it into my head. No earthly explanation, no earthly solution that God could and would if he were sought. And what's vital for me is to have a God in my heart that I'm willing to believe in. And this is for me. This is not for you. This is for me. A God of benevolence, a God of mercy, a God of love, a God of understanding, and a God who not only loves me, but when I walk to him, he runs to me. This is the God of my heart, and this is why I can carry for me, this is why I can carry forth in the steps, because I have that kind of God in my heart. And what's very, very important for me to remember is that I have had over 20 years of release from the paralyzing death grip of this disease, and I have been released through these actions, through a spiritual awakening as a result of the steps. I have been Time. released most happily. And with that, I will pass. Thank you, Maura. Thank you, Harling G. Cynthia C., it's your turn, followed by Jody E. Good morning, Cynthia. Hi. Good morning, Maura. Thank you so much for your service. This is Cynthia C. from the Boston area, recovered compulsive overeater and food addict. Um, I am so filled with gratitude to be on the meeting today. Thank you all for making this meeting happen today and, and every day. Um, it means the world to me to be able to come on to Vision for You each morning and hear the message, you know, and, and, hear, and hear recovery, to hear people's struggles, but just to hear the big book and how the big book applies to our life. And, um, you know, this has completely, completely, completely changed my life. Um, you know, my entire life, I, I struggled against everything. I was struggling and trying to control everything, whether it was my food, my weight, my portions, my, my husband, my children, my colleagues, my friends, um, the weather, my car, you know, everything, everything was a struggle for me to try to control my mother, my father, my siblings. It was just, I was in contention with everything and everyone, whether it showed to other people or not internally, I just felt like I was always struggling and I didn't even always see it. Um, you know, and my life really was out of control. I, I lived from crisis to crisis and drama to drama. Um, and since working the steps according to the big book um, and on a lot of what I've learned here, that that's not what my life is today. I mean, really, it's a me, it really, truly to me, this is a miracle. I do not live from crisis to crisis. Um, and that is, such a gift. You know, I have to really acknowledge each and every day when I get up, I sort of do a morning inventory every day, every morning and an evening inventory every night to remind myself that I, I cannot eat like everybody else. I cannot function in my life like everybody else. I am not a civilian. You know, I am a compulsive reader and a food addict. I have a strong disease 
And if I let up for a day, you know, my disease is there doing push-ups and, and, and working out. And if any crack I leave in my program, my disease is just going to come right back in there and take over. And that's not a place I want to go to. Today, my life is, um, is not perfect. Nobody's life is perfect. But, but I wake up every day and I thank my higher power. I lean into my higher power. I, I am a compulsive reader and a food addict. And, I, and, I, and I'm grateful today because today I get to wake up every morning and thank my higher power for all the things I have in my life today. And I get to lean into my higher power. I no longer have to be, I'm not the director. I'm not running the show. I get to breathe, literally breathe out every morning. And remember, I'm not in charge. And all I need to do is to reach out and ask my higher power for the willingness just to show up today, the willingness to, to pray, the willingness to let go. You know, I, I truly believe my higher power is there for me. And I didn't always, Time. you know, when I... Thank you. I'm just so grateful. Thank you, everyone, today. Have a great weekend. Thank you, Cynthia. Jody E., it's your turn, followed by Barbara E. Thank you, Maura. This is Jody, everybody. Good morning. I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater, anorexic, and bulimic. I really want to appreciate uh, the first speaker for his um, synopsis of what we read this morning. It was excellent. Um, and so true, you know, this is a, a summary of what we've learned so far in the book. And I have, am I ready? Am I really ready to concede that I am an alcoholic or compulsive overeater and that I cannot manage my own life? And the book has been showing me how that's true, how I have a physical allergy to certain foods over which I am powerless that I have a twist of the mind that will compel me to pick up even when abstinent if I do not stay in fit spiritual condition. So am I ready to uh, turn my will and my life over to the care of something greater than myself? Now, here we see the word God in C. God could and would if he were sought. And for some of us, even though we have read we agnostics. This may be a difficult uh, thing to accept or to believe in. And I just want to say that uh, the the um, you know it's it doesn't have to be the con- the traditional god of your upbringing or of your uh, misunderstanding. It can be just the connection that we have here as compulsive overeaters. We're coming together thanks to this amazing forum of this telephone meeting or of Overeaters Anonymous as a whole. It brings one compulsive overeater together with another compulsive overeater. And as we work these 12 steps and come together and share what we're learning and what we're doing, helping one another get abstinent, stay abstinent, we are harnessing this spiritual power. Seems to me that my higher power wants me to connect with other compulsive overeaters and that I cannot do this alone. And for me, 
that's enough of an understanding of a higher power. Just this realization that I am not alone, that I cannot do it alone, and that I need a community of people with the same problems that have a similar understanding of what it is that we need to do together to recover. So I hope that helps somebody who might have a a problem with the word God. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Jody. And Barbara E., it's your turn, followed by Vasa O. Good morning, Barbara. Good morning, and it is Barbara E. in New Jersey. Well, Chapter 5 has always been a faithful guide for people like me who want to, need to, and are willing to give our all to this 12-step program from the Uh, so that we may recover from this deadly disease. And isn't it wonderful that we can recover, but to understand that we're not permanently cured. First thing I had to do was put down my toxic food and food behaviors and be willing to be rigorously honest with myself and my sponsor and be willing to go to any lengths to recover to recognize that I must be fearless and thorough in the practice of the principles because for me there was no softer, easier way. I had to let go of my old ideas absolutely and take that first step when I couldn't see the bottom of the staircase to accept that my life run on self-will had led me to desperation, isolation, and food as my only comfort and my worst enemy. I had to ask and seek God's protection every single day and be willing to grow along spiritual lines, connecting daily with this higher power who loves me just as I am, but too much to let me stay this way. And to know that for me it means spiritual progress, not spiritual perfection. This book convinces me of some very pertinent ideas. I can't manage my life. No human power could restore me to sanity. My personal God could and would if he were sought every day, all through the day. And we're going to read the stories of other people who recovered from this seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. But isn't it wonderful? We can recover. I was told I had to make immediate restitution without creating no new wreckage. To sum it up for me, the only absolute for me is abstinence. And my goal is to make spiritual progress. But I'm human, so I accept that I'll not be perfect. But if I aim for the moon, Even if I don't make it today, I'll still be floating among the stars. This is a wonderful program, and I can honestly say I love doing it. But every day I have to ask my higher power how I can best serve thee. Thy will be done, not mine. Thank you. I pass. Have a beautiful Friday. Perfect. Thank you, Barbara. Thank you for watching the clock. Vasa, oh, it's your turn. Yes, I'm here. Thank you, Morazi, for your service.
and I'm vast a grateful, grateful recovered compulsive overeater calling from Foxborough, Massachusetts. And I'm just so grateful I was led into Overeaters Anonymous in 1986 and was a, a gift for me when somebody gave me this book and the, and the 12 steps in this book. And yes, I was ready to admit A, B, and C at that time. Yes, I was powerless over the food addiction, and I could not manage my own life. And no human power could have managed it for me, not myself, not my doctor, not all the diets I got over the years um, that I tried to follow. Nothing, nothing could help me. And I, before I came to OA, I just surrendered to the food because there was nothing more left to do for me. And I was just going to, it was going to kill me. So it's just that probably no human, and, and, and as I said, no human power could have relieved me from the compulsive eating. And uh, what I heard was I needed to find a power greater than myself to help me. In some ways, it was very scary for me God, a higher power, but I had the gift of desperation, and I was just so willing and ready to accept that higher power, whatever it is, because I did not want to die, and it was going to kill me if I continued doing what I was doing. So I didn't understand anything about the allergy. I didn't understand about the twisted mind. The allergy of the body, as I said, and I'm, you know, once I learned, I remember saying, I don't know if I can put this food down my um, my allergy for the rest of my life. How could I do that? And this, my sponsor said, only God can help you. Mm-hmm. And if we follow the steps, just follow the directions the way they're laid out in the big book, and that's the answer to our problems. And yes, I was 100% to surrender with the food, but with my life and my will, I was struggling. But I needed, I started trusting my higher power, helping me, giving me the, the, uh, the strength to deal with the food. And then gradually I started surrendering, gradually with my life and my will. And it's by the grace of God, I've been doing this for many years, and this is the only thing that has worked for me. And just give yourself a time and chance to do what I'm doing. It works if we work it. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Vasa. Okay, so let me tell you where we are. We are in the chapter How It Works on page 60. We're reading the second paragraph that begins, excuse me, that begins our description of the alcoholic through letter C. That good, that God could and would if he were sought. So, please give me your first name and last initial if you haven't shared in the last couple of days. Who would like to share? Darian K. Katie G. from Darian K. Katie G. Kathy K. Kathy K. Suzanne D. Suzanne B. Anyone else? All right, we got short stacks today. 
I have Darian K, Katie G, Kathy K, and Suzanne B. If you're not Darian K, please press star one to mute your phone. Good morning, Darian. Oh, good morning. Can you hear me okay? <clears throat> I can. Thank you. Okay, good. Um, yes, this is Darian K, recovered compulsive overeater um, from the Berkshires in Massachusetts. Um, very grateful to be on the line today and driving in an area where I know I won't be <laughs> cut off. Um, I am so grateful. Um, I, I really loved um, what was said in the very beginning about spiraling. Um, you know, I'm, I work in the school system. I work with um, kids with learning disabilities. And that is so important to really spiral back to um, information so that it can be remembered um, and internalized. And um, that is, that's what I do. You know, that's, that's what I need. I, I really believe that, that that's how my brain works. I need, I need that information um, constantly put forth um, simply, very simply, too. I mean, um, it, it reminded me, to be funny, but the um, Jackson 5 song was ABC as easy as 1, 2, 3. And it's sort of like, that's, that's it. Like, that's it right there. These are the first beginning of our steps, and, and they're laid out simply. And, and like I said, for this brain, I need simplicity because I can complicate things so easily. And, um, and I just have to remember. And it doesn't matter how long you've been in a program. I, too, um, came in in 1986. Um, and, you know, I feel like some of these things I'm learning for the first time. And other things I remember, but maybe just didn't go deep enough. So um, thank you all so much for always sharing um, from the heart. And um, with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Darian. OK. We have up Katie G next. Good morning, Katie. Good morning, Maura. This is Katie G, Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Boston. Um, when I first got to this part, my sponsor said to me, Katie, are you a compulsive overeater of the hopeless variety? Can you manage your own life? And if you agree that you are and you cannot, excuse me, <laughs> cannot manage your own life, write yes. B, Katie Jean can know, know human power. That's what we've been talking about, no human power. My human powers of my family and doctors and nurses, vision for you meeting, a human power, um, sponsors, sponsees, anything, right? A diet, whatever is outside of myself. And, 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 and if you agree, say yes. And we did the same thing for the third because I have to seek God. And it's not through any other means except uncovering, discovering, and discording everything that's not me. And I've been studying a different part of our book, but what's been hitting me is the reason the, that that outside stuff doesn't work is because outside stuff doesn't cut me off from the main problem. Where is the main problem? It's my alcoholic thinking. It's the lie that if I had what you had, I wouldn't feel the way I feel. If you did what I wanted, I wouldn't feel the way I feel. If you would all just get in a row and do my plan, I would be okay right? It's that thinking and nothing, no human power can get into my brain and siphon it off because the disease is not in the parking lot doing push-ups. It's inside me. <clears throat> but 
you know, the best news of this book is guess who's inside me too? God. And, you know, spoiler alert, what I love about step three, the favoriteest thing I ever learned about step three is that all I have to do is make a decision. I cannot turn my will and my life over the care in step three. Otherwise, we'd have a three-step program, right? I've got to get rid of everything that's blocking me. And as a recovered woman today, where I fall, <clears throat> I get stuck at B. I get stuck at B, right? And I'm not saying that it hasn't changed because it has. My life is phenomenal and rewarding. And yet, I still have my alcoholic thinking. So I still think, oh, if, if that person just did what I wanted, I would be fine. If all of you would do what I wanted, I would feel fine. And then, it, and then it's a 10 step and remembering, no, only God can change me. And I've got to, again, uncover, discover, and discard everything that's not Katie. So set aside your old beliefs. We are at the most exciting part of this book. We are about to find out who we are not and, and, and who we can be with God. And that is such a miracle. With that, I pass. Thanks so much, Katie. Okay. Kathy Kay, good morning. Hi, Mara. Thank you for your service. This is Kathy Kay, recovered in Boston. <clears throat> I love reviewing these three pertinent ideas, and my own experience has been that A and B, um, I could almost easily accept um, because of what I had experienced for the first 40-some-odd years of my life. Um, and once I was taught what compulsive overeating is and could see it in my own daily life, um, I realized that that was um, what was plaguing me. It took me a really long time to really accept that only God could uh, remove my addiction and help me manage my life more effectively. Being a lifelong agnostic really got in the way of accepting this pertinent idea in my heart. But thanks to all of you and to the sponsors I've had, I kept working at it because I really was someone who needed it and wanted it. And um, I, I can say today that with practice and acting as if, I have discovered that, in fact, God is deep within me and that if I seek him, he will help me um, with my alcoholism and my living problems. And I'm just so grateful that I stayed long enough to discover this. And with that, I pass. Caught me off guard. All right, Kathy K. Thank you, Suzanne B. It's your turn. Hi, uh, this is Suzanne D. As in dog, <clears throat> um, a recovered compulsive overeater in Pennsylvania, and um, I just um, partly wanted to share because uh, I don't share very often, and um, I know how important it is to 
for people to let people get to know me and um looking forward to the the vision conference uh for that to happen too and um i i can't wait um to to see faces and um feeling grateful for for the meeting and um you know i think it's this meeting that um helped me to um go through the big book and um to get absent again i've been away for over 13 years um been in recovery for 16 years and um the whole the last the last line god could and would if he were sought just keeps um jumping out in my mind and um just the whole idea of like what does that mean to seek god um and uh what has that meant for me and my recovery? And, you know, I just remember um, <clears throat> being in the food this last time and, you know, kind of making this decision that, you know, to go get that something in the kitchen. And, but then half heartedly kind of praying because, you know, I had some recovery in me and I knew that's what I was supposed to do. And, but it's, it's almost like, um, there's this difference of that that genuine kind of feeling of this is what I really want. This is what I really want to be abstinent. I really don't want this life of addiction anymore. I really, really want to know God or my higher power, whatever you want to call it. And there's just this earnestness and this genuineness, this honesty that when I reach out, like, like somehow, like I always, always get what I need. And it, every single time it amazes me. And for me, I, I'm very stubborn. I'm a control freak and I want to run my life. So, okay, I'll give you the alcohol. I'll give you the food. I know I can't manage that. I will admit that. But then, you know, I get abstinent and I, thank God I've been abstinent for over a year and a half but now we have the rest of my life that I think I can manage and it's just like it's like one area at a time you know okay all right I can't manage my my kids okay I can't manage my relationship it's like I have to really feel the pain of that character defect of going for that illusion of control before I really seek God so Anyway, I just want to say that when I do seek God, when I do admit my powerlessness, that God does come and help me. So thanks for letting me share. Thanks, Suzanne. We keep coming back. Okay. We have 12 minutes. Let's try for four three-minute shares. Who would like to share? Linda D. from Connecticut. Carmela G. I heard somebody before Linda D., and Carmela. Who was before Linda D? Jason K. I can't hear you. Please repeat. Jason K. Jason K, you're going to have to clear up your line a little bit, dear, or speak up. Who else? Mahama G. C. Mahama. Say that again. Mahama G. Yeah, Mahama I hope I said your name right. 
Okay, great. I've got Jason K, Linda D, Carmela G, and Muhammad G. Jason K, please go ahead. This is Jason K, recovered compulsive eater and bulimic from outside of Philadelphia. Hopefully, you can hear me just fine. And uh, what's happening? Yeah, good, good, good. Thank you. I'm grateful to be here today. And what's happening here as I'm looking at this is this. You know, we're on page 60 of this book, but Bill's summarizing this. He's a salesman, after all. He's tried to sell us on these ideas that we were alcoholic, and he spends all this time up to page 60 trying to, in long form, convince us of these three points A, B, and C. So he's taking this time. We're at this jumping-off point because we're clumped straight between steps one and two, uh, and we're about to launch into step three. The very next paragraph is being convinced we're at step three. So he's summarizing um, these main pertinent points. He's taking everything, um, you know, that he's tried to describe and explain and expound upon and illustrate and elaborate, um, and he puts it into these distinct little things, and they're they're helpful to put it into these distinct, powerful um, forms, and 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 you know, he just drives these um, drives these um, ideas home again and again and again. Um, and to me, there's a lot of hope in this. You know, there's a lot of hope. You know, we admit. We come to believe that we can't do this on our own, uh, and this is a message of hope, that God could and would if he were thought. And I've always struggled in the past with spirituality, you know, that's very vague, that says, you know, trust God or have faith or everything happens for a reason, because I don't know what that means. I can't seem to grasp those concepts. And, you know, here he says, trust God. And, well, what does that mean? And how does that, what does that look like? Thankfully, thank God, there's very clear-cut descriptions, and there's even illustrations. He's going to write, you know, columns of an inventory, and he's going to give us an example in this book. So thank God that um, God could and would if he were sought. How do we seek him? That's 4 through 12. It's written out like a roadmap. And I need that because I need that clear, specific, clear-cut direction. Uh, and, and there's a lot of hope, again, in this. And if, if you're new... The hope is that you can follow these clear, simple, clear-cut directions. And if, for me, sometimes if I'm having trouble believing in God or what does God mean and it's this mysterious force, I believe it's there, I, I can definitely say I believe in this process of 12 steps. I believe in um, doing the steps and then the power um, comes to me. There is a power that's hard for me to define and understand and, um, you know, it, you know, clearly takes in touch and feel, but it's there. Um, so I believe in the, the power of the process of the 12 steps. Um, and I think that's all I wanted to share today. Thanks for uh, hearing me. And I pass. Thanks so much, Jason K. Linda D., it's your turn, followed by Carmela G. Hi, it's Linda D. from Connecticut. I'm so very grateful to be here today. Um, recovered. Uh, these are uh, awesome, awesome things that we're reading. I didn't know that, but I know it now. Those ideas saved my life. The repetition of them, all of you, brought me to something, and they brought me to God. I was an atheist. I didn't want to be, but there it was. I also had plastic wristbands at one point in my life, you know, that, that you get in a locked psych ward. That's what they used to do way back when. I've been around since November of 82. And um, and they may do it now. I don't know. 
Isn't that wonderful? I don't know. And I'm not crazy anymore. And some people may say, well, I'm not that bad. Wait. Just wait. Because this disease, which is physical, and which, to me, from my experience, is based in a great deal of confusion, ignorance, and self-hatred. It may not start out that way, be self-hatred, but it ends up I'm here because I'm self-destructive, and if I don't eat my thinking self-destructive, that's where I start. And if I do what I'm told to do in the sequence that is prescribed here, the most incredible, incredible, amazing things happen. God shows up in whatever form is necessary, what presence is necessary for the person. It's unique to each person. So what a journey. And every day when we read, God will reveal more to you and to us, I know that means today. It will reveal, or he or she, will reveal more to me of what sanity is and what love is. Because this program is all about getting out of the fear and the self-hatred and all the crap and into the love. It's a program about love. Thanks. I pass. Thanks so much, Linda D. Carmela G., it's your turn, followed by Mahama G. Morning, Carmela. Good morning. Thank you so much, Maura. This is Carmela G. from New York, a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater for today. Um, this, this really, I wasn't going to share, but it really hit me because of life um, and calls and program that I work every single day. Uh, I always thought I believed in God, never thought I was an agnostic, but yet um, I would always tell God, don't worry, I have it. And as I learned in, in working this program and surrendering and being joyful that I was no longer the director of the world and everyone's life in it, um, I learned that I was inviting God in. I was telling him, please take this from me. Take, But then I would tell him, I have it. So it was really kind of a schizophrenic relationship. Uh, I was telling him I had it, but yet I was pleading and crying to make me thin. Uh, but today, it's no longer about the thinness. It's, no, it's every single morning inviting him in developing that relationship because you see God as someone on this line has said is a gentleman he only comes where he's invited he gives us free will and we're out there allowed to perform in any way we choose and no matter how we're performing he loves us and that was the piece I was fighting life for love. I wanted to be accepted and loved by every single person that met me. I wanted them to think I could walk on water. But this program taught me a big factor. God loves me with all my imperfections, no matter how I was, and wants me to be happy. And he loves me perfectly. And his mercy is endless. 
So therefore, I invite him in. I put that plug in every day. And even if I don't feel like, because this is not a program of feeling. Yes, we feel things. But if I don't feel like working this program today, that doesn't matter. I still have to put one foot in front of the other and do the work. And God carries me through and gives me the strength provided I connect first thing. And with that, I shall pass. And thank you. Thank you, Carmela G. Muhammad G., it's your turn. You'll close us out this morning. Good morning. <laughs> Good morning. Thank you so much for your service. What some amazing shares on this line. Um, so God could and would, if he were sought, so how do I seek God? Well, I was told when I first came into these rooms uh, 45 years ago, um, that the way to connect with, that the only way, the only thing that was going to remove this merciless obsession from me was a conscious contact with a higher power. And I was told that the most important step was the 11th step because that's how we connect with the higher power, sitting in meditation and prayer. My uh, washing machine is overflowing. Okay. Um, and, um, and that's what I did. I dutifully sat in my meditation chair, my designated chair, twice a day in the beginning years, the first 15 years. I did that for 45 minutes twice a day, no matter what. It didn't matter if I got up and ate afterwards. It didn't matter if I fell out unconscious. I just, you know, I don't know what miracle made me so committed to doing something uh, that, you know, that I was, I had no discipline in my life, um, no parenting, you know, I, I just, I believed them and I wanted out. And, you know, and I, I just noticed that every time I prayed and, you know, I didn't pray for stuff. I prayed for a change of state. I changed, I, I prayed for peace. Like if I saw myself feeling angry at everybody around me, I'd, I'd pray and ask God, please, you know, help me, give me a healing. That's what I would pray. And inevitably, whenever I did that, I found tears just streaming down my face. And the the feelings that and thoughts that I was unconscious to started to emerge for me to see and feel and heal. So, you know, it was just or, or you know, I, I would pray for help and, and a phone would ring or I turn on the radio and the announcer would say something like that was just in alignment with what I needed to hear. So I came to believe what my friend, what a dear friend and client of mine got when he was dead, he was declared dead for six minutes. He got, we are all connected. We are all one. That's what God is one means to me that, you know, when I go down into my authentic self, my true self, you know, that, that I'm connected to the whole. And um, it's just the most amazing thing, you know. And um, so.
So time. You know, oh, okay. So I guess I stopped there. Thank you for listening. <laughs> Thank you, Mahama, for that share. Thank you to everyone. Thank you to to um all of Team Friday for helping helping to have this meeting go off successfully. Um at our peak today we were three hundred and fifty five strong. Um, please do join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. Important number for today, today's share ID, 13,508-13508. And I would now love to ask Barbara E. to please read page 164, and we'll follow that with the serenity prayer. Good morning, Barbara. Good morning again. My pleasure. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great back for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. Amen.